When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. <laughs> you like that? You like that? Welcome in to Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and producer Declan Goff here. And every week or so, we've been diving into these alternate realities where this started off on Mackie and Judd, the podcast, which you can also subscribe to on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com, where we went through different Minnesota sports alternate realities, like what if Joe Maurer doesn't get hurt here, there, whatever. And then it's kind of spinned into uh, Vikings alternate realities. And so let's make this official here. So many significant sporting events in Minnesota's history. Some have made us ask the question, what if? Like, what if Stefan Marbury hadn't left the Wolves? What if Gary Anderson had made that kick? Do you think Gary Anderson will make this field goal? The answer should probably be yes. 39 yards away. He is still perfect. Minnesota leads by 10. What if there is no Minneapolis miracle? Steps into it. Pass. It's up for grabs and picked off by Marcus Williams. Ah, yes. It's time to ask what if in Mackie, Judd, and Rami's alternate reality. Here's today's alternate reality, courtesy of Judd Zolgad. I, am, I amended the one that you sent to be this instead, because I think it, t- it takes it back a, a necessary step. Okay. What if Brett Favre just flat retires and does not come back for the 2010 season? What would have happened the next few years? How long would Brad Childress have coached? Would Christian Ponder have even been drafted? What becomes of the Vikings franchise, mm. does it train wreck as bad as it did mm. in 2010 and 11 if Brett Favre just does not come back for that fateful 2010 season where he winds up basically unconscious uh, unconscious on the frozen tundra of TCF Bank State. Still to this press conference. Uh, so my question was what? What if Childress doesn't get fired, right, in yes. 2010? Uh, so if Brett Favre doesn't, so if they send, um, to backtrack, uh, Steve Hutchinson, Ryan Longwell, and Jared Allen to Mississippi to talk Favre out of retirement, and instead of Favre saying, okay, I'll do it, he says, absolutely not. See you guys get out of my house. In fact, I'm calling the cops. Um, in fact, I am a cop. And then, and then your quarterback uh, for that season is what? Like Probably T. Jack Tavares well, Jackson. Actually, I've got some takes on this. All right, because there, there were other options. All right, so would they would they have known that Favre wasn't coming 
back previous to training camp and just accepted that instead of be, because you also could have gone out and gotten a quarterback from the open market at that point. So sure. are we talking about knowing so Favre tells you in June, hey, guys, it was fun. We didn't get to Super Bowl, but I beat the Packers twice, and quite frankly, that's all I care about. I don't even think he tells you in June. I think he just. Flies, I, I think for the purposes of this, he tells you in okay. like in like February. It's just over. Okay, it's just done. He just yeah. So you get another quarterback. Um, 2009 does not resemble, or 2010 does not resemble 2009. Let me be clear there. Okay, but. Sidney Rice has his surgery. It doesn't become as big of a deal. You never get Moss. And because you don't get Moss, Childress doesn't get fired. It's a disappointing year, but it's not altogether a huge shock that it's disappointing. Um, Brad, for sure, is your coach going into 2011. Mm -hmm. You also probably at that point, if you had known in February that Favre was not coming back, my guess is you don't try to run it back as much as you did and so you actually bring in probably some new pieces and and you don't turn over the 2009 roster, but you definitely have some changes there. Um, a little bit like what the Vikings have done these last couple of years. After yeah, losing so I NES. would say this. I would say if I would say if Favre does not come back and it's known for 2010, that 2010 is still disappointing. But it's sort of accepted as, hey, 2009 was fun. Brett didn't come back. We're frustrated with Brad, but he's not going to be fired and conversely, then 2011 is not three and 13. It's probably much more palatable. And, and you start what would be considered sort of a retool that would get you to crescendo things a bit differently. I'm not trying to say that Brad Childress is still your coach to this day, but I do think that Brad is probably around for at least a few more years and he's given one more shot probably to try and find a quarterback. So let me give you a couple different scenarios here because so, so, for sure, the Vikings head into the 2010 season, I think, with either Tavares Jackson as the full-time starter. I think that's what Brad would have preferred, right? That, okay, now I can, my guy has sat, he has watched Brett Favre, and and he's our second-round pick. He's been loyal. Mm-hmm. He's been a consummate professional behind the scenes, and he's been a great backup quarterback. And now this is his actual chance. Maybe 2007 and eight was just a little bit too early for the guy. Is Sage still there, too? I think Sage probably because he got he got traded anyway. Training camp of 2010. Yeah. So does he stick around as well? My guess is my guess is Sage probably gets traded still because him okay. and Shield just kind of bashed heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the other scenario at quarterback could have been Donovan McNabb a year earlier because Donovan was on the outs in Philadelphia. 2009 was his last year in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. 2010 was that bad year with Washington, but Washington was a disaster franchise. The Vikings were a disaster in 2010 because of all the things that happened and Randy Moss and all that stuff. But the Vikings were not a disaster franchise. The Vikings were a great franchise heading into 2010. Yep. They just had a bunch of things go wrong because of Favre and Randy Moss and then Brad Childress not getting along with those players, etc. If Donovan McNabb and Brad Childress had the relationship that Brad would like you to think that they had in Philadelphia... My guess is McNabb comes to Minnesota, only mm-hmm. 33 years old in 2010, mm-hmm. and maybe has a couple years of actual good, meaningful play left. I think by the time McNabb had his experience in Washington, it was Mike Shanahan, right? He had, he had a terrible yes. experience in Washington. Yep. And then he gets to Minnesota. I think he was just checked out. But then he gets to Minnesota, and he's like, all right, this team sucks. Uh, I just, I'm 34. I really, right. I, I, I'd really rather just be like eating Culver's and, you know, like he... He really he wasn't in it in 2011. I think if he joins the Vikings a year earlier and they're coming off a trip to the NFC Championship game and it's his system that he's comfortable with in Philadelphia, 
I think there's a chance the Vikings, I don't think they go back to the Super Bowl or anything, but I think the Vikings are better than 6 and 10 in 2010 and for sure better than 3 and 13 in 2012. Better better to or, or good enough to not draft Christian Ponder, but also bad enough to get Brad Childress still fired probably in 2011 or 2012, somewhere in there. The McNabb so. scenario is intriguing because of this. I, I think that Andy Reid and the folks in Philadelphia, when they pulled the trigger on the trade that sent him to Washington, which I believe it was during the baseball opener on like a Sunday night and completely stole, of course, all the thunder away from baseball. Um, I think that they had basically figured out that McNabb had checked out entirely by then. And I covered the game in Washington that the Vikings, I want to say, beat Washington with Frazier as coach in 2010. Yep. And McNabb just was basically the same quarterback there that he had become here, which is, I don't think he cared. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know that, in retrospect, I don't know that his relationship with Brad was as it was sold here. As you know, oh man, he developed McNabb. Well, he didn't call plays for him, and I don't know that he did. Uh, but yeah, I do think I do think that the Vikings in no in no way do things disintegrate to getting the coach fired if Favre does not return because you don't go out and get Moss and and it was cutting Moss without telling the Wilfs is what got Brad fired. The team stinking was tough, but if he doesn't do that, I think they swallow hard and are like, okay, it's not going well, but. Um, but the only reason why they panicked and tried to first work the deal for Vincent Jackson and then subsequently when they couldn't get him work the deal for Moss was the fact that Favre had come back. So Brad Childress at the end of 2010 is still your coach. Uh, and, and, I, and I think you know one of the dynamics that got Brad Childress fired, and, and, and let me back up a step, Brad Childress got better every year record-wise as the Vikings coach until 2010. And I'm not saying he deserves full credit because obviously bringing Brett Favre in helps. Remember, in 2008, Brad Childress coached a team with T-Jack and Gus Farratt as the quarterbacks to 10-6 and six, to one of the best run-stopping defenses in NFL history in a division championship. They go 12-4. and four. 2010, he loses control of the locker room, loses control of communication, narrative. And part of that broken relationship with the locker room is on Brad Part of it is also on Brett Favre sort of openly trashing the head coach and undermining him behind the scenes. Like the amount of stories we hear about Brad, uh, Brett Favre kind of clowning Chili and, you know, treating him like he doesn't really matter and making fun of him in team meetings and stuff like Brett Favre, rightfully so or not, undermined Brad Childress. And so if you were to say goodbye to Brett Favre after 2009 and bring in Donovan McNabb or T-Jack as the starting quarterback, I think Brad, for better or worse, gains more control over the locker room again and and is more respected again, maybe like he was a little bit earlier on in his tenure. And that gives him another year or two to ride things out as head coach. I think the Vikings still would have peaked in 2009. Yep. But if they go into that 2011 draft and they are better than the 6-10 and 10 record that they finished with, mm-hmm. now I think if T-Jack is their quarterback in 2010, I actually think they are worse than 6-10. and 10. Because Brett, there was a couple games early, like they game against the Cardinals in 2010. Like Brett won them a couple games that they otherwise probably wouldn't have with Tavares Jackson. So if T Jack is their starting quarterback for all of 2010, do they go four and twelve? Do they go five and eleven? That brings them into the Jake Locker and Blaine Gabbert discussion for that draft. So if they're still looking for a quarterback, they still get a crappy one. Yep. It's just it's just a game of roulette with crappy quarterbacks. 
Um, but if they were better than six and ten, I think it probably smooths Childress's stay out until like 2011 or 12. And that's the this is the list I want to bring to you guys here. Okay, these are the if let's say Brad, you know, 2010 is not a train wreck, and 2011, like let's say it winds down for Brad after a couple more years because it doesn't train wreck as fast as it did in 2010. These are the head coaches that moved into new jobs in 2012 and 13. Mm -hmm. So right around the time where you would have been looking to make a coaching change if he stays for a couple more years, okay? Romeo Crennel was the hot candidate coming out of... I can't remember if he had spent some time at Cleveland first, but he definitely was the hot candidate coming out of the Patriots. Yep, He spent one year in Kansas City, and it was a disaster. Mike Malarkey, Jeff Fisher... Mm -hmm. Stop me if you think any of these guys would have been hired by the Wolves, okay? Okay. Joe Philbin... Joe Philbin, no. Dennis Allen, Raiders. Mm -hmm. Chuck Pagano, Colts. Somebody got a look. Intriguing. Gre intriguing. Greg Schiano to the Buccaneers. Yeah, no. It's a Rutgers guy, New Rutgers. York. Yeah, Wolf's I, I watch Rutgers. Yeah, blow hard. Andy Reid. Um, the Vikings missed no, their chance to get no, Andy Reid. <laughs> no, because there's no way that you're going to fire Chilly Brad Childress and hire the guy who mentored Brad Childress. <laughs> That's fair enough. I, I do think... What, Chip Kelly. I do think what would have gotten Brad ultimately fired is the Ponder draft. Not because he, he would have taken Ponder, but because any quarterback short of Cam from that draft was going to be Brad's last chance. But then he would have gotten, if, if he gets to the 2011 draft, he then gets at least through like 2013. Sure, sure but he gets jettisoned because, because, and rightfully so, in the mind of the people that own the Vikings, the Wilfs, they would have said... We hired you because, first and foremost, you were considered to be a quarterback guru, right? And your track record would have been Tavares getting Favre out of mothballs for a year, to your credit, but you still didn't develop him, and then drafting, let's say, if your, your team was bad enough. Jake Locker. Jake Locker. He gets you fired. Blaine Gabbert. Uh, gets you fired. Christian <laughs> Ponder. Uh, gets you fired. So, so is it possible that there is just no there's it's a dead end for almost any coach that drafts those guys, right? Well, if it's your second chance, right? Now yeah. now if if that draft had been Brad's first chance at a quarterback and he screws it up, he probably gets another chance off of that one. But he's the guy who basically got the Vikings back into the second round in what, 2006, right? To take Tavares Jackson with a Pittsburgh pick, which was the last pick of that round. So and said this is my guy. So now if you've gone Tavares Jackson and just for the sake of this conversation, let's say Blaine Gabbert, that's it. See you hey, later. When Bye. You, when you covered those early Childress Vikings teams for the Star Tribune, what was the chatter around? Like, was Brad flat out saying T-Jack is our franchise quarterback? Or was it more like, hey, we really like this guy? What what, what do you remember about? He the didn't say franchise, but it was ba it was basically Brad, Brad thinking that, that he had seen enough uh, tools from a quarterback who nobody, for the most part, had seen play in college, that he thought that arm was golden. And he thought that this was going to be... You know, Brad, Brad personnel-wise, as Sage and our buddy Longwell both said, personnel-wise was really good. Uh, but Brad's problem was there were times when he came off as arrogant and certainly overconfident in Brad's own abilities. And when it came to T-Jack, that was the classic case. He was just far too cocky. And and it's why he went, it's why when Tavares played that game against the Cardinals team in what, 2008, I believe, that had just won the division and was completely checked out and didn't care. And Tavares came back to replace Gus, who had got hurt. And Tavares plays this great game that Brad's like, oh, yeah, it's clicking now. 
And we're all like, dude, you got to go back to Gus ASAP. Yeah. And Brad was so haughty and so confident that he's like, no, no. And everyone, I think, tried to tell him, Brad, the Cardinals were drinking beer and smoking weed all week long. You could have torn them up. But instead, <laughs> but instead, happen? yes, yes, the Cardinals, I think that story is the Cardinals had clinched the division or a playoff spot, I want to say, for the first time since the 70s. They didn't even study film. And yeah. so they didn't study film. I've heard that they basically spent the week drinking and smoking, which I don't care. That's fine. But Tavares carved them up, and Brad's like, this is for real. And everyone else is like, no, it's not. Go yeah. back to Gus. And and if you play, if you start Gus in that in the playoff game that they played here at the Metrodome against Philadelphia, I think he got a fighting chance. I really do. That was not a great. You're, you're higher team. on Gus Ferrat than than I am from that era. No, I'm just higher. I love me some Gus Ferrat. I'm but... higher on a quarterback who wouldn't have freaked out. Sure, Tavares freaked out for sure. That's that's fair to say. I mean, I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to say that that Vikings team gets near the Super Bowl. I am saying that you put Tavares in a situation where he was basically set up to fail. Uh, one last stone that I'd like to turn over here because we talk about like okay, if Brett Favre says early on in the process and it's believable and the Vikings move on from him early in the 2010 calendar year. Mm-hmm. Okay. What would they have done? Cause we've talked about the 11 draft and the 12 draft. Like who could they have, would they have been better enough to draft like Jake Locker? That wouldn't have mattered cause he was garbage too. But what about the 2010 draft? Would they have, instead of going after McNabb, you know, he was available coming from Philadelphia instead of giving the keys back to Tavares or Sage, would they have said, all right, let's, Let's draft a quarterback in 2010. The answer is probably no, because after Sam Bradford, number one overall to St. Louis at the time, mm-hmm. here were the other quarterbacks that were drafted. Tim Tebow went 25th overall to Denver. And you remember, Brad liked him. Even there's mocks that saying the Vikings were going to take him. Brad, Brad, supposedly, and, and I've never gotten through. Wow. wow. Oh, yeah. No, he was. Yeah, wow. There was Mox that said Tim Tebow to the Vikings. And, and I never could clear up if this was partial smokescreen or not, but the Vikings, but Brad at least supposedly liked him. And there was talk that the Vikings might take him in the first round. Wow. I know, I know it's incredible. So the Vikings almost drafted Tebow. They almost drafted Johnny Menzel. They did draft Ponder. Yeah, the Tebow one I can't confirm completely. I just know that there was a lot of conjecture about the Vikings were in on the teams that thought that he had a future. The other quarterbacks were Jimmy Clausen went late in the second round to Carolina. Colt McCoy, who's still hanging around as a backup in the third round to Cleveland. This is a very light quarterback draft. And this was a, this was an era where teams were definitely looking for quarterbacks. Yeah. Only four off the board in the first three rounds. Now, how often do you see a draft now where four don't come off the board in the first round? And then Mike Kafka, John Skelton, who threw some passes to Larry Fitzgerald a couple times in Arizona. Uh, Jonathan Crompton, Rusty Smith. Great name. You've lost. Dan lost. Tony Pike. Yeah, and now, now we just get into the seventh round, but so there were there weren't exactly a <laughs> ton of options. Tony Pike was a great sixth round pick or whatever. But, so, so add to the list of yeah. you know, alternate reality, Tim Tebow. If the Vikings weren't still kind of like, well, Brett Favre might come back. Which Tim qu- Tebow? Which quarterback? If Brad was still here and had control of the fifty three man roster, which he did when he was fired, which quarterback do you think he would have overridden Spielman to take in two thousand eleven? I don't think it's Ponder. Uh, probably Jake Locker. I, I think Locker's probably the safe bet, too. Jake Locker, at one point, a year or two accuracy prior, was problems. projected to be like the Andrew Luck of he that. He was, right? but there were accuracy problems. And he he got banged up a little bit, but he also just like didn't really love playing football, yeah, right? He wasn't just, good at in it. fact, I think it was, if I'm correct on this assessment, guys, I believe it was 
Lockhart was going to be the next best thing. And then didn't it become Blaine Gabbert? Yeah. Blaine Gabbert was at one point in time, I believe, the consensus number one pick of that draft until his. But but the problem, the problem was the league. Here's one of the biggest things. And, and I think the league has adjusted by actually morphing more towards this game itself. That was in an era where college football had opened things up, right? Completely. And the NFL didn't know how to scout yeah. because they weren't doing that yet. Now they sort of do things that that actually mirror more and more the college game. But like Blaine Gabbert as a college quarterback, they're all like, oh my God, look at these statistics. Look at what he's doing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but does he at all translate to what, what you guys do on Sundays? Because Saturdays at that time were a different world. Yeah. So that's a wrap. That's a fun little alternate reality path we just went down there. And there's more, too. We'll get, what we'll get to more Grant of these. never retires as coach? Wow. <laughs> He's still the Vikings coach. Still the right Vikings now. coach to this day. Still Bud Grant. Just grind, still doing the garage sales on Tuesdays. During he the wouldn't season. be grinding tape, so that's not an issue. <laughs> uh, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. I'm Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, and we'll see you next time. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.